Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey. This is Chris, and today's co-host, Sebastian. Hello, hello. And you know us, we're just a goalie and a goon that taken one too many pucks or fists to the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. On today's episode, we want to welcome back special guest, the broadcaster of the USPHL's Ogden Mustangs, Stefan Bell. Stefan, welcome back. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate what you guys do. No, thanks for jumping on. We're excited to get you on this episode. You and I were talking back on a Sunday morning coffee episode a few weeks back, and we were talking about this episode, and you're like, yes, get me on that one. And here it is. We're going to be dropping on this episode our top all-time hockey superpower teams, and that's going to be based off the fact that we're you know, you want to ice a team that's going to be able to beat the 1984 Soviet team, which is considered the best team to ever hit the ice. So you got to build a team that's capable of beating that 84 Soviet team. Stefan, we were talking back and forth around Boxing Day, sending each other a couple memes, you know, laugh about some movies we like. And, you know, it's it's that time of year. We're all in kind of that Yuletiden break. Uh, they call it Yuletiden here in Denmark. So I'm sticking with that. I like it. And, uh, you know, I love catching up on holiday movies like Christmas Story, The Holiday, Love Actually, Just Friends, uh, The National Lampoon's Christmas one, which is probably the most epic one to watch this time of year. But, you know, it kind of got us thinking. Why not during this time of year? Because it's you know the world's getting darker, so you need something to laugh at. And why not drop our top five movies you need when you actually need to laugh? Yeah, that sounds good. Obviously, when you brought this up for me, um, I went with one seasonal one, which um, I, I, if you guys disagree with this one, I think I'm going to have to hang up. But, uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to this one. Okay, okay. Is it... Okay, I won't guess. I have a I have a short guess on what you might have picked, but I'm going to wait for you to drop it here. But, Stefan, since this is your idea, why don't you tell us your top five comedy movies of all time? Uh, top five. I actually do have a, uh, a Christmas movie in there as well. So, number five. This one is a uh, little nostalgic for me, but also very big on the 80s. So, number five is Spaceballs. <laughs> Good one. Uh, Rick Moranis, I think, is hilarious. That gigantic helmet. So... Uh, me, that's number five. All right, number four. That's a good one. At number four, Step Brothers. All right. Three is uh, Rush Hour. Okay, wow. That's a good comedy movie. A little, little bit different, but for me, it's, yeah. it's just a funny bone and it's pretty funny. Um, number two is Christmas Vacation. There it is. And number one, this is this is all time, is Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> What's the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah. <laughs> no, those are good. Like I forgot. Sometimes you forget about certain movies. Like not that I forgot about Spaceballs, but Spaceballs is just a movie that when I think, oh, I want to watch a comedy, I don't. It's such a good movie, but I almost never remember it ever. And oh, yeah. like it, it's funny because I'm a huge Star Wars fan, so watching a movie like Spaceballs is like, you know, they make fun of it the whole time. But I think it's it's pretty good for what they do, and I think they get the comedy right in that movie. Yeah, and the Dumb and Dumber is just an all-time classic right there. And I think that's what yeah. actually triggered us to be talking uh, about this before we dropped onto our okay. list. Because I, I look at this meme, and I think I looked at it, and it was like, I said it was like me and Sebastian. It's like, looking watching this little meme you sent me, I'm like, yeah, that's me and Sebastian going back and forth <laughs> half the time. <laughs> no, it's good. There's there's so many little uh, little nuggets there. But then to come to find out, some of that movie was filmed up in uh, in Utah, in Salt Lake City, so... Uh, once you go through the airport, you can kind of see some of the layout. And I know they changed the airport recently, but some of the terminals and Jack Jones and I were talking about this and the part where he falls off the, uh, 
the gate or the or into the like the airport section like in the ground like that part is like on the back side of kind of where like delta is okay and once i saw it i realized like oh my god like i've flown out of that same part 12 times already so and that was my first season with the mustangs but it's just it's funny to see those little things it just makes the movie even better for me yeah when you can compare it to something that's in your regular day life that always makes the movie just i think that much more it, it gets you more you know it's you have more of a, I guess, a connection with the movie, so it just makes it better. Oh, yeah. No, those are great. Um, also, quick shout out, honorable mentions. And these are, one's an 80s movie again. The other All one right. is, uh, one's Ace Ventura, and really you can put one or two there. And then um, here's a different one. This is uh, Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd, Spies Like Us. Ooh. Wow. I, I have not seen that movie in forever. Good, good, uh. Good shout outs there at the end. How about you, Sebastian? What do you got on your top five? Five to ones. Uh, so for me at five, I just went with a um, seasonal one to start off. And that's the original and the first Home Alone. Um, just watched it again the other day and found myself laughing like a child. So I had to put that in there. That one for me, I, so many people love it. I'm going to be one of those guys. I don't like it. I can't stand Home Alone. And I just I get I it. Like you're it. like you're like 75. So it's kind of past your time. So you were kind of like 50 when that came out. It's cool. I get it. It's all, it's all good. Those um, kids. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're probably like, wow, that guy really could have got hurt slipping down those stairs. I'm appalled. I get it. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> all I'm right. about to number four. Let me guess. This one's not funny either. Uh, number no. four for me is Talagated Knights. And let me it. guess. It's not funny. No, it's not funny. No. Yeah, Chris. You're, nope. yeah. you're the Grinch. You're the Grinch. I get it. <laughs> The Grinch for not liking Talladega Nights. I actually like Talladega Nights. Yeah, I mean, again, that's just kind of a movie recently just kind of popped up and started watching. And, you know, I just laugh uncontrollably. And I'm like, why? Half the stuff is just so stupid. It's funny. Um, And then number. Yeah, exactly. And I think you'll see a theme here in this. And then uh, for me, uh, number three, um, already been mentioned, but Step Brothers is just one of those movies where, you know, you could be in a bad mood and you watch it and you just find yourself giggling like a little boy anyways. When they make the bunk beds, because you both have mentioned this movie now, when they make the bunk beds, <laughs> I love that movie. Because honestly, I think one of the best things about Step Brothers is if you really look at it, men never actually grow up. We just learn how to act in public. And I think that movie just screams it. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> well, All right. I was like, yeah, Dale, no power tools. Just anytime there's any loud noises. <laughs> All right. Number two. Uh, number two for me is a classic, um, and again, one of the ones where you just throw on, have a nice little laugh, and you know, there's not much thinking involved in, and that's Happy Gilmore. Um, yes. Could have went in any direction with, with you know, some of the Adam Sandler movies, but Happy Gilmore just so is one of the ones that always kind of brings a good chuckle. Yeah, that one's really good. I love that one. That's another movie I routinely forget about, but I love it. And, and for me, number one is, is a movie that, like... I saw in theaters, and I was just one of those ones where I was like, wow, I'm, I'm going to watch this movie a million times, and I think I have watched it a million times, and that's the first edition of The Hangover. Uh, for some reason, that movie just gets me. Yeah, that another movie I don't watch enough, seriously. You guys have brought up some pretty good ones here, and yeah, The Hangover, that one, when he's uh, when they're all on the rooftop and he's talking about the lone wolf speech, I can't not die during that scene every time. I think The Hangover is probably... If there was a list of movies you wish you didn't see and they could re-see it for the first time again and again, that would be yeah. easily. Oh, 100%. I, and I remember this summer going to, um, you know, someone we've had on the show here, Darren, his his bachelor party. And 
his best man was just going to say something about, you know, what time we had to leave for dinner or whatever. And he's like, all right, guys, listen up. And I just cut it and I said, I just want to, I, and then I started going into the, you know, the, the wolf speech and everyone started laughing. I was like, all right, I'm just kidding guys. I'm sorry. I've just been waiting my whole life to do that at a bachelor party. So um, yeah, it's one of those movies for sure. I mean, if I, if I had amnesia and someone had to stick me and watch a movie every single day, I'd just be like, you know what, before you hit me on the head, just press play on the hangover. And that's what I'm going to watch for the rest of my life. Did you have any honorable mentions real quick? Um, I mean, you know, other than what's been already named, like Spaceballs and Dumb and Dumber, um, honestly, anything Will Ferrell, I would say half of Adam Sandler's movies you can throw in there in my honorable mentions, you know, as long as it's stupid humor I'm in. I love the Adam Sandler movies, like Grown Ups and stuff. That's actually one of my honorable mentions. I just love all that stuff. Grown Ups 1 and Grown Ups 2, are, I think they were awesome. Uh, but my top five go at this. Number five, Euro Trip. I'm sorry. Oh, yes. Love that movie. Oh. And Michelle Trachtenberg in that movie is just awesome. She's so funny. And that's that movie is so quotable for me. Me and my wife quote it all the time, especially living over here in Europe. Any single time we get to any one of the regions that they just blow the stereotypes out of the water. We just we throw that one up, man. I love that movie. Let me guess. You're the one of the guys that has the fanny pack, aren't you? You have like underneath your shirt and it's like Velcro tight. No, weirdly enough, I'd be the main character in that movie. I'm just a stupid guy that's like, <laughs> I'm just going to go do this, you know? <laughs> uh, or the hey, scene we're right in the beginning when he's in the bathroom oh. and you hear him peeing, but you see the toilet and then he walks in, looks confused, walks back out and flushes it. Yeah. <laughs> who's, uh, who's the band they have in the movie at the very oh, beginning? I don't know the name of the band, but it's, uh, what's his name? Um, Matt, Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon, who's the the lead singer of the band in the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Matt Matt Damon has some of the best cameos uh, (laughs) without that. And he does so good right there. It's so funny because it's just not his – he's a funny guy. I mean, he does a lot of those kind of funny movies, but – you know, when you, when you know him, the Matt Damon of now and you look at him just doing that one little clip of a movie that was out of even out of character for him at the time, I think it was just hilarious. But uh, for me, number four would be Bad Moms. Sorry, I'm in love with anything Mila Kunis and Kristen Bell do. And I, mean, I think they're both funny people. So, no, they're both funny. It's not the uh, last time you'll hear them mentioned in my list here because they both are in another movie I absolutely love. But the Bad Mom series are just awesome. Even the Christmas one. So there you go. Christmas themed one. That one's really that one's really funny, too. Uh, and number three, I love you, man, with with Paul Rudd and Jason Siegel. Oh, slap of the base. <laughs> slap of the base. And of course, anything Paul Rudd and Jason Siegel do, and that's not the last time you hear him on this one too, because forgetting Sarah Marshall, which has Jason Siegel, Paul Rudd, Mila Kunis, and Kristen Bell all in it. I love that movie, man. Forgetting Sarah Marshall kills me every single time. If I'm ever in a bad mood, that's like one of the top two movies I'm going for. I love it. Well, one of the best quotes, without a doubt, is Paul Rudd on the beach. After <laughs> he goes, are you from london yeah he's got since he's got so many i quote him a couple times in that movie the one is the weather outside is weather when he does that and then he's when he's sitting on a surfboard he's like yeah man i stopped wearing a watch when i moved out here and jason siegel's character's like man that's really cool he's like yeah 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 well like my my phone has a time on it and everything so it's just <laughs> He's just got so many good quotes in that movie. Um, absolutely love it. But number one, my go-to is the Hot Tub Time Machines. It's so Ooh. dumb, so perfect. I have watched that movie so many times, and it's the only movie that I can think of that I've laughed out loud so loud in the theater. My wife kept slapping me, and that was the Hot Tub Time Machine 2. 
there's a scene in that movie where I was literally, she's hitting me to shut up, but I was just dying. It was so funny. And uh, yeah, the hot tub time machines are just my go to. I think they're just they're awesome. They're absolutely awesome. And honestly, I want the ski gear back from the 80s. Uh, it just looks better, right? It does. It just pops. And that's when I actually get my new my new ski stuff. I'm going 80s, 80s all the way. Well, I mean, you're in luck. I mean, today's fashion is the 80s ski stuff. So, yep. I mean, you buy you buy brand new. It's going to be that color right now. I'm loving it. Honestly, loving it. Oh, and then, um, but yeah, my honorable mentions would be like, I've already mentioned Gronus, but the Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Love that movie. I re- That's one of those movies I wish I could go back and watch the first time all over again. That movie just gets stupider and stupider the more you watch it. <laughs> Zombieland. I love the Zombieland series. Oh, one God. and two. They're hilarious. So oh, good. Oh, my and, God. You know, you know what movie just came to mind was Super Troopers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. That was one that for sure was on. If we oh. went expanded past five, I definitely would have made the list. <laughs> we can't pull over anymore. <laughs> Clueless and Ghostbusters and 40-Year-Old Virgin, all just epic. Another Paul Rudd movie. There you go, Clueless. Honestly, mean, he's also a 40-Year-Old Virgin. He is in 40-Year-Old Virgin. Oh, my God. I like a lot of Paul Rudd movies. The guy doesn't age. But that said, we actually want to break into the hockey talk on this podcast and break into our lists. And the way we're going to handle it, everyone – is we're going to kind of do our, our goalie trios and our defensive core and then our bottom six and our top six. Uh, and then we'll kind of, you know, discuss each section and what we picked, what we didn't pick, and, and just let the conversation just generate from there. To start us off, we're going to do goalie trios. So, Seabass, you go first, Stefan, and then I'll go. Okay, well, I'm going to go the – well, I mean, I, I missed – not missed. I left out a few goalies, obviously, with only being we'll pick three goalies. Uh, but I went with who I think – were the best three, especially since these are three guys that I was able to watch growing up. And that's my starting goalie would be Hasek, my backup goalie would be Brodeur, and my third goal would be Ryan Miller. Ooh, I like that trio. How about you, Stefan? Well, uh, I have very similar names, for sure. My backup goalie is a little different, but uh, starter, Dominic Hasek. I told you that was my easiest pick. I yep. right off the bat knew that he was going to be my guy. Henrik Lundqvist is my backup. And then uh, Ryan Miller is going to be my my third goalie. Wow, he both picked Miller, and I'm the Buffalo Sabres fan. I'm not dropping his name because my starting goalie is going to be Vladislav Tratiak. My backup is going to be Brodeur, and my depth goalie is going to be Hashik. So we all have Hashik. Two of us have Brodeur as a backup. You both have Miller, and then we all have a kind of a, a different look here. Yeah, I mean, with Hasek, Olympic Hasek was probably the greatest goaltender of all time. I mean, the guy just won games for teams. Broder was just, I mean, yeah, he always had a stud team in front of him, you know, many medals. But, uh, and then for Miller, I mean, for me, it was just kind of, you know, in his prime, Miller was just absolutely outstanding. I had Chechiak on my list, but like I said, for me, I just went for guys that I was able to actually, you know, witness play at top of their game. And obviously, I'm not as old as Chris here, so I wouldn't have not seen Chechiak when he was 14. I was say, I made a, uh, like a goalie pool. And well, I, I did pools for every position, right? Because I was like, I'm going to forget somebody. So I went through and I the thing was, I tried to go all the way back because I think there's guys who elevate the sport, right? Guys like your your Wayne Gretzky's or, you know, basketball, they say you're Michael Jordan's. That's what creates these new stars. Yeah. And so I tried to be very uh, diligent in looking all the way back. So, I mean, I went and it, it's different, you know, like no offense to. Jacques Plant, but I look at him, I look at Dominic Hasek, I'm like, uh, Dominic Hasek, I think, put like a sub two uh, 
goals against average in like 95. And it was like one of the best seasons ever in his team. Buffalo wasn't necessarily bad, but you could tell he was the reason why that team was winning. So trying to weigh those things together, Henrik Lundqvist, I just think is an all time goal. He's probably also the best looking hockey player I've ever seen in the world. (laughs) Right. I mean, I want to look like him. (laughs) It's, it's unbelievable. Like his hair, when I saw him on uh, ESP or I think it was TNT the other day, it was like, Dude, this guy still looks like he's, you know, 28. Like, it's unbelievable. Did you see him at the U.S. Open? No, I did not. Oh, just pull up a picture of uh, Henrik Lundqvist and his wife at the U.S. Open. And it's like, man, that dude has so much style and so much swag. It's <laughs> unreal. The NHL really did try to form around him. It's just too bad he could never get that cup. Right. It, it's definitely one of the toughest things. And one of my best friends, he's a huge Rangers fan. And uh, I, I remember we were going back and forth one day and I sent him a picture of Henrik Lundqvist kind of laying face down right after Alec Martinez scored the game winning goal from the Kings. And I immediately regretted it because I was like, uh, it's, I know it's going to hurt deep, but I know I'm going to get something back for that. Well, probably one of those guys you sit there and you wish he actually did win one because I think he's very deserving of it. But unfortunately, he just didn't. Yeah, yeah, he got close. But uh, yeah, that goal is probably one of the most epic. Stanley Cup goals of all time by Martinez. Just one of the most epic. Speaking of defense, let's move into defense. And we're going to go into our defensive core, including our depth defender. And we're going to start off. And again, we'll all just list our teams. We'll talk about them. So, Stefan, you'll go first. And I'll go then. Seabash, you can wrap up. Yeah, so my uh, my extra defenseman. And, and I tried to, when I was picking them, I wanted to make sure, you know, left-handed shot, left side, right-handed shot, right side, like try to be very diligent with that as well but my extra defenseman is actually victor hedman okay yeah he almost made my list how about uh how about your top six top six so i'll go uh third pairing i actually have john carlson on the right side and then his d partner is vladimir konstantinov second line is now this is where you know some of the all-time names it's bobby orr and to his right is chris chelios so perhaps maybe the best pairing ever but maybe that's just my list um, number one pairing, this for me was a uh, no-brainer, is Nicholas Lidstrom and uh, Shea Weber. Sounds like a pretty good list. Now, my list, uh, as a depth guy, I went with Vladimir Konstantinov as well. Uh, I know he made your third-line pairing, I think, but for me, he'll be depth. Third-line pairing for me is Ray Bork and Chris Chelios. Second-line pairing is Bobby Orr and Phil Housley. And my first-line pairing is Zdeno Chara and Vajslav Fetisov. Not bad, not bad. Now, for me... What I went with for my depth guy, I went with, and again, these are guys in the prime, right? So I went with Sergey Gonchar as my depth guy. A guy who can move the puck well, bang bodies. So for me, that's what I wanted on my team. Now my third pairing, I went with Salming and Chara. Um, I think Salming is one of the best defenders to ever play the game, and he had a guy like Chara beside him in his prime who can bang bodies. Makes a pretty good shutdown line. And now for my second pairing, I went Grit. This is Sandpaper. Sandpaper through and through. This is Chris Pronger and Chelios together on a line. I mean, watch. Like, ACLs are just being snapped as we speak right now because those guys are just <laughs> killing everybody. And then for my top line, I wanted to have a little bit of scoring, and I wanted to obviously have the GOAT. So with the GOAT, I went with Lindstrom, and then with you know Bobby Orr as his, his, his line mate. So to me, I think this is a line that brings offense, brings you know brings defense, and brings a lot of sandpaper. No, we have we definitely do have a lot of the similar names in there. It's, it's interesting to hear some of the picks we've made, like um, uh, Stefan, like using John Carlson. So for me, it came down to uh, not country so much, but I, being a Penguins fan, have watched a lot of John Carlson 
it's one of those things for me that when he was a free agent or going to be a couple years ago, I was like, please, anybody sign this guy except Washington. Uh, <laughs> just complain against him. But, you know, he, he's one of those guys that you, I guess, not like a Patrick Kane, right? Like you think of Team USA, especially now you have Patrick Kane, people think Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel, even on the back end, you know, Quinn Hughes, like not a sexy name, but he's one of those guys who's going to be on the team. He's going to make that team very foundational. Um, but I think he's underrated as far as his two-way game. Like he is a very good offensive player. I think it was either this year or last year, he started off with his crazy amount of point totals. So he obviously can score defensively. Like I said, watching him, being able to shut down guys, I think is a third pairing with Konstantinov, who, like we said, is going to bang bodies. It's going to be a third line to beat. And then you back in front of him, you have Bobby Orr, Chelios, Lidstrom, Weber. Like, I don't know, for me, it, w- it was kind of a no-brainer. But I like the, the U.S. defenseman there. I think those are some good choices. And I, everyone seemed to have Chelios. I think you both had Chelios on your second line, and I had Chelios on my third line with Ray Bork. But, um, I mean, yeah, one of the I mean, greatest... Yeah, exactly. You're saying one of the greatest and one of the, you know, one of the toughest players to play against and basically demands respect from everybody. So it's hard to leave him off a list. When I looked at my defensive pairings, there's so many amazing defensemen, so many. And to, to build a list of just seven, that was really tough. And the amount of times I changed my list is absurd because I built this list in September. So I've been back and forth on this thing so many times. It's stupid. But I had to have for me Chara and Fatisov on my top line. I just think they're two of the best of all time. Of course, you know, Bobby Orr, who really revolutionized the whole like defensive position, could not have him on there with one of the best ever with Phil Housley. And then Ray Bork and Chelios were just all my defensive names. The, who was my depth defender and my pairings on the third lines were the ones I was struggling with. But I knew Chara, Fatisov, Orr, and Housley were making my team. Well, and you know how you fix the list problem is you, you make your list and then you just close the book over and then you just hide it until it's time to read it or else my <laughs> list would have changed 50,000 times and I wasn't in the mood to change it 50,000 times. So did I miss yeah. some names? Yes. Do I want to change it as I'm looking at it right now? Yes, I actually tried to. Then I erased that name and put the name back that I already had because I was like, you know what? We're not doing this. We're not going to be here all day. <laughs> That's how it that's how it goes down. So that actually will take us right into our uh, we're going to go with our bottom six forwards and the two depth forwards along with that. So on this list, I think I will start and then we will go to Seabass and wrap up with Stefan. So when it comes to the bottom six, I had my depth guys. I have Sergei Fedorov and Saku Koivu just couldn't make my full roster and just Two of my favorite players. I, I loved watching these two growing up. My line four is uh, Dreisaitl, LaFontaine, and Kane. So I just think, I mean, two of these guys are playing together, not playing together, but playing against each other in the league right now. Uh, they're both real fun to watch. Whoever wins the Patrick Kane sweepstakes when that happens is going to be a very lucky team. And Dreisaitl, at some point, he'll be in Buffalo because all great German players come to Buffalo. So I look forward to him being a saber. And then Pat LaFontaine. I mean, I love my Pat LaFontaine. So... Great fourth line there. Third line for me was Luke Robitaille, Mar Lemieux, and Yarmir Yager. Now, Lemieux and Yager did play together, and I think putting the grit of Luke Robitaille, who was also played in the same generation with these guys, they all played on the same ice together. I think this would be an awesome third line. How about you, Seabass? Yeah, so for me, some of those names you mentioned, obviously, I make my list, and some of them I'm like, yeah, yeah I probably should add those. But uh, so for me, my two depth guys. As an auto centers fan growing up, I had to put Scott in this list. I didn't even care. And that was Danny Alfredson. 
And then the the other, you know, Asher Ford is the timeless wonder himself, Yarmer Yager. Probably could have fit him in somewhere in, in anywhere in my forward list, but I'll just have him there. He's ready to go. He's he's the ageist wonder. Now my fourth line, I tried to go center and wingers, and it just got too hard. There's just too many good centers, if I'm being honest right now. So why I went for my fourth line was uh, Datsuk. Bure and Howe. To me, that's a line that can score. It's a line that can put some grit together. Perfect fourth line, especially for the Olympics. And then my third line, I went with Madano, Kane, and Forsberg. I honestly wasn't going to put Madano on my list, and then I just kind of went through like childhood memories of watching Madano play and the clutch goals he scored and how good he was. And I just had to fit him in there, and he's playing alongside his countryman Kane, which I think would be, they would be unreal, both of them in their prime playing together, and then just adding a little Forsberg to that side, it just makes it a pretty scary line. <laughs> that is, that's going to be a fun line to talk about here. Some of those names right there, I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, I didn't even consider Madano or Forsberg. Man, so many great players. What about you, uh, Stefan? Yeah, this this was incredibly hard. And uh, one of the things was I didn't want to pick too many guys from one country. I spent, after I messaged you yesterday, probably four and a half, five hours. Because <laughs> I was like, dude, what am I supposed to do here? And at one point, I had nobody on my left wing, but I had my centers, my right wings. And I was like, all right, I got to start over. So I scrapped it, did it again. But my extra <laughs> players and these two guys, I wanted to actually put in the lineup, but then I changed it. Yuri Lettinen is my first. Um, the guy won three self trophies, was absolutely incredible with the stars for a long time. And then Austin Matthews is actually my second depth forward. Austin Matthews was on my list multiple times and uh, just didn't make the team. Yeah, I, I was in the same boat. Matthews, and that's one of the ones I wanted to. But then just... It honestly came down for me. I, I was kind of playing between Madano, Kane, and Matthews, and I was like, you know what, Madano and Kane are just two icons. And don't get me wrong, I mean, Matthews is already there and is going to be there, but let's make this list in three years, and I can guarantee Matthews is on it. Yeah, I uh, basically what I wanted to do is I had uh, another shutdown forward in Lettinen, and then Austin Matthews, another goal-scoring center. So as far as depth goes, I thought for that was pretty good. Now, in assembling the rest of my forward group, because I'm sure I'm going to get a few eyebrows with some of these picks, but one of the things for me is that, you know, you want to have guys who play in certain lines, who shut down other lines. Well, if you never have the puck, good luck shutting down anybody on this list. So first one is a shout out to Jack Jones, the Minnesota Wild, but I went for a little bit of youth here in uh, Kirill Kaprizov. Oh, yeah. And centering him is actually Connor McDavid. Nice. And if that line wasn't fast enough or goal scoring enough on the right side is Pavel Burry. That's my, <laughs> nice that's my fourth line. My third line, and again, this is another, uh, I think if you measured Corsi rating, it'd be through the roof. So Sidney Crosby, third line, he was definitely never going to not make this list, especially mine. And he actually centers Bob Gainey on the left and Marion Hosa on the right. Ooh, the lines we picked. So listening to, because we each have our little reasons of why we picked certain lines certain matchups because i didn't go i didn't go on my list of okay well, i'm gonna put the best center on the top line i'm gonna i really looked at my line and thought if i'm gonna beat the 84 soviet team how does my team need to feel how does my team need to look i need a little bit of toughness on each each line a little bit of grit but really some talent because grit and talent like Aginla made my list multiple times and got dropped uh, I really had him on my fourth line. I had him on my depth forwards. He made it up to my third line. He eventually got dropped because I look at my list too often. Um, but like when I built my fourth line, having Drysdale and Kane aren't tough guys, but they're tough guys. 
I mean, they're they're not going to back down from something. They're they're you know pretty solid players, and having Lafontaine centering those two guys, I think would just be awesome. And then with my third line with Robitaille, Lemieux, and Yager, Lemieux, you know, if you just as like points per game technically he was better than Gretzky despite his back injuries and leukemia I think he was on his way to just being overall better player but you know stuff happens he's a prime example of it if he stayed healthy what if right yeah Um, I looked at a lot of guys and you you realize a lot of different things I found out for the first time ever Gordy Howe apparently played both left-handed and right-handed so granted he didn't really play left-handed too much and that was because he used to play goalie but you find out these little nuggets of information and, uh, you know, it definitely helps. I mean, you think of Yager, he left the NHL for three years in his prime. Like, what if he stayed? He could have been up there with Gretzky as far as goals. So there's uh, there's a lot of things for sure. You look at Pronger's career, how how different that could have gone despite, you know, there's just so many things that these certain players like Yager's was a choice to, to go over to where would he go? Russia. He went to the KHL. Right. And uh, I just think that. I built my lines with with like a mindset in mind of like I want a little bit of grit and I just having Luke Robitaille on the left wing there for for Lemieux and Yager I think was just he could score but he wasn't Luke Robitaille could also you know break your face that he could do yeah all right so let's drop into our top two lines here so and it's gonna go Seabass then Stefan and then I'll wrap up perfect so for me and I know this is going to be some controversy, but he still is. And, I mean, eventually will be broken by Ovechkin, but he still is the goal, you know, the, the goal leader in the NHL and, you know, the GOAT as of right now. So centering my second line is Wayne Gretzky. Let's add some more goals to that line. Why not? So we're going to go with uh, Mr. Hall on his left wing because, you know, all he did was score goals. And why not add Sidney Crosby to their right wing there and just, you know, give them someone who can razzle-dazzle. So to me... This could be a number one line in absolutely any dream team ever. Um, and then from there, um, how do I top that with a with a first line? As my dog asks, um, that's uh, <laughs> Connor McDavid, Timu Solani, and Ovi himself. Uh, to me, this is just a line that could just speed, skill, and just goal scoring through and through. So to me, I mean, like like you said, the list could have changed 50,000 times, and it has just me staring at this list as we've podcasted here. Uh, but I stuck with what I had, and that's what I put together. All right. How about you, Stefan? Yeah, so a lot of the same names, for sure. In fact, this is probably the only name you guys are going to be like, whoa, that's definitely not on my list. But I like the European, and, and I'm actually making a case for Sweden here, for sure, uh, with these two picks. But my left wing is actually Gabriel Landeskog. As I mentioned last time, not that I feel like he would be on a dream team per se, but I like what he brings as a player, as a captain, as a leader. He can do a lot of different things. You put him with Peter Forsberg as the center and Timu Solani on the right. I think that's a very dominant line. And really, you could put that that could be a third line, fourth line, first line. Like it, it could be anywhere. But especially with Forsberg and Solani, I think my Euro line there would be pretty tough to to play against but and that was another thing too is that i liked every line having a guy who had a little bit more of an edge to him a little bit more of a grid or maybe yeah. a of a defensive minded so um the only one that isn't is probably my first line but lemieux i found out had like 80 shorthanded goals so i was like all right maybe he is but my first <laughs> line is uh mario lemieux center and on his left alex ovechkin and i know it's premature but he will finish his career with the most goals scored and in my opinion, the greatest goal scorer ever. No offense uh, to 
Mr. Hockey and also to Wayne Gretzky. On I the agree. right, Roger. You know, that was pretty simple for me. Keeping him with Lemieux, I like the same similar line that you had. For me, like the size of that line, OV 6'3", 230, Lemieux 6'5", probably same thing, 230, Yager 6'3", 230, like good luck getting the puck from them, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like that line build because your first line there was like my almost like my third line I put together there. Now, my second line for me, I had at center Sidney Crosby. I mean, he's done everything and he's just developed and really growing into just a stronger and more physical player really didn't like him when he was younger. I kind of hated him. Um, <laughs> but as, uh, as he's developed and matured and now he's in his early thirties, uh, I just think he's really developed into that all around awesome hockey player. And in my opinion, uh, he is better than Wayne Gretzky. And I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for that, but I think he, you know, I think he is, and he's good on the blue line too. Sidney Crosby isn't a one direction player. He's really good on the blue line. He has like a really strong transition game and, I just think, again, I think he's the best center of all time, but he's not my second line. So on his wing is going to be Valery Karmalov. So he died early, but one of the best left wingers of all time. So much so that uh, his ankle was broken on purpose by the Broad Street Bullies. Uh, I think it was uh, Bobby Clark yep. is the one that actually decided to break his ankle. But he was so a dominant player and so noticeable during the 72 Summit Series. And so I just think not having him on this team would be wrong. The more I did research on him, the more I fell in love with the type of player that he actually could have been had he not died so early. And then Timo Solani on the right wing. I mean, we've all had him <laughs> on our top two lines. So what else can you say about that? Now, with my top line, this was my biggest debate. But I did end up with Wayne Gretzky on the top line. And I will caveat this by saying, again, I don't think he's the best center of all time. He's not the best hockey player of all time. And I'm going to get a lot of hate for that. I just think that's Crosby. And Lemieux's probably second best, in my opinion. Wayne Gretzky's one of the greatest of all time. I just don't think he's the greatest of all time. And so I had to put him up here because of the wingers I put around him. And I have really skilled wingers, tough wingers, so they can handle Wayne Gretzky being on their line. Because you had that unwritten rule that you really couldn't hit Wayne Gretzky. But you just, you just didn't touch Gretzky. Crosby, you can mess with him. You can bury your, you know fist into his face on the ice and such and plenty of players do it and he just has to keep taking it or that really didn't happen with Gretzky as much that but that's he, not Gretzky's fault though that's management's fault oh 100 percent it's management's fault I think but again Gretzky's on my top line I just don't think he's the top player on my team oh I know but I everyone's oh well you know Gretzky wasn't able to take a hit and no no one was able to touch him because of his he line mates touch. well that's not Gretzky's fault I mean if I have even Ovi on my team who can take care of himself I'm still getting a Tom Wilson. I'm still yeah. getting a – Pittsburgh is the only team that's going, you know what, we have this pretty good player on the team. You know what, should we bring an enforcer in? No, no. After Matt Cook basically disappeared, we're just going to – we're good. We don't need anybody else. So that's that's not his fault. I'm just – I'm sick of that. Everyone's saying, oh, no one can touch him. Well, yeah, I mean some – Well, you couldn't. I remember watching how, that growing up too, and I'm just – How is the team you, always built though? Always built with at least one guy who could scare the living crap out of absolutely anybody in the NHL. Okay. Well, here's the big difference between Gretzky and Crosby. And then if we're going to get into this is, yeah, Gretzky can still take it. He could, if he wanted to take it, Crosby can actually do it. And Crosby did everything so quickly. I mean, you name it. The kid scored the gold winning goal. He scored the goal that led the first ever winter classic. He's won multiple Stanley Cups. A lot of this is written on Crosby. I mean, really, once Wayne Gretzky left Edmonton, too. And though again, now Wayne Gretzky 
like one of you said, I can't remember which one of you said, like, I think it was you, Stefan. There's players that changed the game. Gretzky changed the game in terms of they needed to bring in the American audience. And Gretzky was the way to do that because everyone knew Gretzky. It's like, you know, the Michael Jordan Gretzky reference uh, made earlier. He's a massive game changer. And I think once he left that Edmonton team and he didn't, you know, what was he in L.A., St. Louis, New York, maybe he landed somewhere else, too. I'm not 100 percent sure. But I mean, he single handedly probably is the reason that the NHL grew so big during that era. Oh, and wrap up my line real quick before we get into Gretzky thing. Uh, I have him on his wing. I have obviously Alexander Vetchkin, in my opinion, the best of all time. And Gordy Howe, because it's Gordy Howe. He could score, he could play both left and right, and he could still jack you up. That's why it's called a uh, Gordy Howe hat trick. So, <laughs> you know, having those two big guys on Gretzky, yeah, the thing is, if I want the best line of all time, I'm building an Ovechkin Gretzky Howe line because Gretzky also, we always talk about goals. Look at his assists, look at Gretzky's assists. They're insane. I don't think anybody's touching that number. The guy not only could score, but he could draw in all the attention and open other guys up. And man, imagine having Gretzky as center with Ovechkin and Howe on his wings. They're just, I just think it would just be the dirtiest line of all time. Oh, it's, it's, it's definitely a good line. And, you know, and, and going into, I wasn't really attacking the Gretzky versus I Crosby thing. What I'm attacking is the whole, oh my, you know, Gretzky always had a protector. Well, yeah, I mean, if I'm a GM and I have a Crosby on my team, I'm getting a protector. Now, the other thing that you said, and I'm glad you said it, it's another one of my pet peeves, is Sidney Crosby's golden goal. Let's be honest here. Let's call it what it was. It was Jerome McGinley's golden effort that led to Sidney Crosby's golden goal. Yes, 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 yes. Gimlo almost made my team. No, 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 okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Go. Let's rewatch. Let's rewatch that that scenario again. Sidney Crosby oh. gets the puck, puts it on a Ryan Miller has no idea where the puck is, and it was but, all Joe McGinley leading up to that. Well, Joe McGinley led up to the play, but Crosby snuck that shot by Miller. I mean, I didn't even see it going. And I'm so glad I didn't watch it with my Canadian friends. That would have been ugly. But <laughs> it was just, yeah. It's still Crosby's goal. There was so unassuming it was kind of like Patrick Kane's goal during the, I think it was the, the 2010 Stanley Cup finals against Philly was it 2010 or 2012 2010 yeah I mean it was just so unassuming that Miller didn't even know the puck went past him that was the same year I just realized that oh yeah, yeah you're right it was <laughs> I hate that guy <laughs> had no idea like so the reason why I don't agree with that necessarily is, and it's funny because I happened to just watch that clip yesterday like I said I spent a lot of time spent not splint Spent a lot of time looking through guys, watching different things. Not that I'm trying to break down film, but I was like, I'm curious. Like, what did this guy do? Jerome McGinley was a name that just missed this list. Scott Stevens was another one. So, obviously, I saw the Paul Korea hit. And then, uh, side note, one of my favorite moments in hockey, aside from anything Penguins, Paul Korea getting back up off the floor on the board just chills every time. But yeah. for Crosby, watching that play, right, he scores the goal. And it's for me, it's a typical Sid goal. He is the ultimate grinder, as people say. I don't think there's anybody better down in the corners or on their edges, like, ever. So when that play starts, right, he he comes into the zone, tries to get through three or four guys, gets, you know, caught up right in the slot area. And, you know, we've seen him score a goal like that. We've also seen him get broken up, you know, because that's normal. But Puck ends up getting through. Before Ginla gets it, Sid, along the half wall right there, takes his stick and pushes it over to him. And as soon as he does, shows off the IQ. 
goes right to the net from there, calls for it. As soon as he gets the puck, turns, fires it on net. So, and yeah, it could have been a save. And and honestly, if Ryan Miller makes that save and the U.S. wins, that's probably the best goaltending performance ever in the Olympics by Ryan Miller. And it probably is still top three, in my opinion, because he carried that team. So, yeah, I mean, obviously you put Aginla and Sid together. It's unbelievable. And that's what's so frustrating with Dan Bilesma, who, in my opinion, is one of the most overrated coaches ever was that when they got Aginla with the Pens in 2013 and they lost to Boston, he didn't play him on the right side, he didn't play him on, you know, the right line. Like, it was frustrating. But, I mean, you look at that goal, I think you definitely can make a case for Aginla. That's his play. Or you can say that, you know, Sid, if you break it down, like, that's a typical Sid play. That's just what he does. Yeah, in my not-so-humble opinion, I think right now in terms of best centers of all time. Crosby's going to right now for me land number one. Can't believe I would have said that even this years ago. I think even when I started this podcast, I was still on the, uh, Hey, Sid, the kid trained, but I mean, he's just proven himself over time, especially what I saw him doing last year in the playoffs. of just, just single arming people out of the way, just a sing, just a strength in it. And Crosby is unreal now. Yeah. Yeah, he really is. And it just great, great player there. But no, guys, that was a that was a lot of fun. Uh, we're definitely running short on time here, so we won't drag the listeners along with us. But we will remind everyone listening: the World Juniors are currently happening. If you if you can watch them live, go for it. If you're unable to watch them live, like me, because you're sleeping, I'll just catch the highlights the next day. But there's also going to be the first game in the round of four in the Champions Hockey League. That'll be January 4th before our next episode actually drops. And I think game two will be January 11th. And the nonprofit of the podcast is the Southern Utah Wilderness Alliance, which works on the preservation of the outstanding wilderness of the heart of the Colorado Plateau and the management of those lands in their natural state for the benefit of all. So give them a look. It's SUA.org and link will be in the episode description. We do want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. So be sure to follow us on Twitter, PageH Official, to let us know what you think. Also, be sure to comment and share any upcoming games or hockey news we should cover in a future podcast. We again want to thank our special guest, the broadcaster of the USPHL's Ogden Mustang, Stefan Bell. Stefan, thanks again for joining us. Yeah, you know, as always, it's uh, it's a pleasure to be on here. And, you know, we appreciate everything you guys do. So thank, thanks for having us. Thanks for making this so much more fun. No, thanks for jumping on. You know, hopefully the boys get a couple more wins. I know they ended with a with a two game win streak there and they're seventh overall right now in the USPHL, if I'm not incorrect. Um, and that's out of 64 teams, everybody. So get some hockey TV. And, and if you're uh, not in the Ogden area, give them a watch. And if you're in the Ogden area, get to the games. Uh, but this was the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and Sebastian. Thanks for listening. And remember, always clear your crease.